I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing houses for f***ing 10 years. Welcome along to the GAR. This is a New Year's Eve special. Um, we're coming to you on the 31st. Well, listen, we have to bring you some sort of a podcast. So we're going to get, bring you a best of. We're going to have a look back at the whole year um, and bring you some of the best interviews that we've done. Connor and Conan are with me in studio, looking a little bit heavier than you were the last time I saw you. I was hoping nobody would notice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be joining the gym. Are we in the gym early tomorrow morning? First of January, no. First of January? Not the first of February, at least. I'm watching the Darts final. That's all I'm doing tomorrow morning. (laughs) That's it. Okay, right. That's fair enough. So, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, have you any. Do you do New Year's resolutions, lads? Are you into that kind of old shit? I saw you put that down, and I really wanted to know what you were going to do. I mean, the only thing I could think of, because all I care about when I'm in football mode is playing with a team and playing for. And we're in Division 1 now this year coming with Scaries. And my only resolution is I want to dummy a goalkeeper and not completely freak <laughs> out, you know, when I go running through. Like Steve McDonald says, blasted. I tried it twice this year and blasted it straight at the keeper. Well, he Both sold times. us a duck there. Yeah. He sold us a, This was just nonsense he's been telling <laughs> us like, I mean I think this is a wind up actually <laughs> I told them boys just to blast as hard as they could there's no way he's hitting the bottom corners when he's blasting straight at the goalkeeper there's no doubt about that um, you kept it football to be honest with you and I started doing this back in December is that I'm giving up Twitter now I know I, un- I unfollowed everybody on Twitter because I don't like it's toxic and you can't get into any sort of a decent conversation with anybody people make stuff up put words in your mouth and then attack you for stuff that you haven't even said um, I found myself on Twitter early in the morning when I wake up I found myself if I was watching TV tweeting about what I was watching and ending up not really watching it anymore getting distracted by the replies getting distracted Itsy's talking to me and I'm not answering her because I'm on my phone and it's genuinely affecting my home yeah. life and I've completely cut it out that I just use it now very very rarely 
only in work I'll click into it don't use it at, at all at home in the house and I have to say I'm a much much happier person for it it's toxic lads it's, it's me and Conan thought that but you, we were what, afraid to say it <laughs> <laughs> what do you get out of it you get very little out of it really you, yeah. get not, you get nothing out of it it was fun for a while I'm still on the stage where like my biggest hobby is enjoying reading people's replies to tweets and like, I'm still enjoying the fun of Twitter and seeing how big assholes people are and stuff but I'm, I'm raising that you've gone off it because like you're one of my first protocols let's see what people are writing to Willie it's a yeah. bit of crack like, just, a, just, a, just giving you shit all night like I mean that's <laughs> it and it just it's just it's too distracting I'm tweeting la- or on a Friday on my day off and being distracted all my day off you yeah. know like, yeah, you don't need, why, why do yeah. you need that why do you need to be distracted and you're being distracted by idiots you even tweet about Dublin and you're tortured for three days about it. <laughs> and this, this is distracting me. I wake up in the morning and see, what, what, what have I got now? What kind of a backlash is... Yeah. Anyways, you just don't need it in my life. So basically that's it. Connor, what have you got? New, Year, New Year's resolutions. Yes. Stop making resolutions, basically. Okay, <laughs> right. So you're doing that all yeah, game, right? Yeah, yeah. If I had three more wishes, I'd wish for a million wishes. <laughs> on, my, on your last wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's it. So we'll get into some of the stuff, lads, because we're going to start off with uh, Tomas Corrigan. Now, this is very topical at the moment. So he came on as a guest pundit after Fermanagh went out of the championship against Kildare. So obviously there's a lot of debate now about the new rule changes. Some people absolutely think they weren't needed at all looking at you Conan mm-hmm. um, anyone thinks that should have a listen to this a couple of years ago I, I, I was, was it the Olympics was on I was watching uh, the Olympic handball do you know the, the inside handball yeah. and I was thinking that's exactly what Gaelic, Gaelic is now because it's just everyone defends and everyone there's a little pass pass across pass across back pass across back and then one lad gets it and then he goes and tries to make a, make an inroad it's the same in Gaelic Everyone, sorry, goes up the pitch, um, and it's uh, back and forwards, back and forwards, and then someone makes a little dart, and then he gets a score. And it's so boring. Like, yeah. So um, even when the score goes over, there's not a huge applause because it's almost like you've been bored so much <laughs> at how it's been kind of worked. Yeah, that's it. Like, and God, like, like when I started playing, do you know, it was obviously kind of fifteen on fifteen, and you put your probably your best players up in the forwards for them to get scores, and like that's where. You know, f- like your personality dictated where you wanted to play because you wanted to be kind of, I kind of I going and a flamboyant. So I wanted to be the lad who's getting on the end of the scores. But now, like if you're if you're if you want to have the biggest impact in the game, it's it's wing half back that you want to be you yeah. want to be starting out at not not corner forward because a corner forward now only gets maybe three or four touches a half, and you know a lot of them you could you, you might have three lads hanging out here. So and you're cycling it, yeah. Yeah, so like it, for me. If, if someone was starting Gaelic football now and they were the best player I'd be putting them back wing half back or or trying them out in maybe midfield even though they're not that they mightn't be that tall but it doesn't matter now because yeah. a lot of kickouts are going short and stuff so um, no it's it's uh, I don't know what they're going to do like it, it's a at the minute it's, a, it's just not fun to watch it's, no. it's, uh, it's it, boring sorry just to cut you off but it's probably not fun to play either because like I mean you for, for the last five six seven years you and Sean Quigley are seen as the two scores now obviously Seamus came in this year and you're thinking well there's your starting point with Fermanagh right so you've got three forwards that a lot of counties would absolutely love to have finishers scorers you've got the speed you can get out in front the lads have a bit of size lovely little balance 
and you and Sean are sitting on the bench against Kildare like while working players on the field are kicking bloody wides not even <laughs> under pressure like me and Conan laughed about this last Monday at the actual like where is the mindset like I mean what are you thinking when you're a, a scoring forward in a system like that like I mean yeah no like, that's it's it's not n- not just for Manor like that's across the board that like yeah. the, the kind of the scoring forward as uh, if you want to call it that it kind of there's winners and losers basically in that in that sort of a system and the losers are like the the scoring forward will be sacrificed for for someone who can get back and defend and you know clog the space um, the, the winners are the losers <laughs> you can just track back better than everybody well. else <laughs> <laughs> your words not mine yeah 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 um, but yeah no it's it's just to get back to your point like the Gaelic at the minute it's it's just a bo- it's a dory- it's a dull boring watch and uh, as I was saying the World Cup was on the World Cup final was on and I really wanted to turn it on I was flick- actually flicking back and forth because I wasn't missing much in, in in the carrying a Galway match, yeah. so um, but uh, well, what do they do? Like, what can you implement new rules? Like, what? Well, you see, like, I'm glad you said that, right? Because a few things put down here. All the game is favouring defensive football. Let's give. So, and I, I mentioned an offensive mark before, where if you catch a high ball inside the 21, you have a mark and a free shot at goal. That will encourage kick pass and long balls. It will it will actually reward the forward for winning it. Like midfielders now are rewarded with a mark. And that would improve the game. I think there's loads of little things that can be done, like tweaks, if the appetite is there. I think we've reached a point, lads, where there's something has to be done. The balance is all in the defender's favour, not the forwards. And it's terrible, terrible to watch. Don't take my word for it. Go to Bloody Crow Park and just hear players shouting on the field because nobody's involved in it or interested in it. I can't disagree with any of that Um, it's yeah spot on I I like the one uh, the offensive mark because that would encourage uh, players to kick the ball in yeah Um, and you know it it can favour the the kind of the taller players would also favour the faster players who can get out in front Um, but no there definitely needs to be something because it's not just this year it has been the last over the last number of years that like you go to a match or you'd watch a match and the first half would just be so boring like and it would only ever liven up maybe in the last 15 minutes whenever yeah. it's right where it's knockout like and when everyone's tired yes and uh, the game is the game is then exciting by virtue of the f- by virtue of the fact that okay there's going to be a winner and loser here not not because of the maybe the quality and you might get a bit of quality thrown into it but I think the excitement then comes from just the the kind of knockout nature of this last 15 minutes and the, the championship quarter they call yeah. it but like it's just it, it's it's an ordeal sometimes to sit through some of the matches. <laughs> What's it like to play through one of the matches? <laughs> like it's not too bad because you're 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 focused and stuff. Ah, and yeah. you're thinking of your job, but then like it's hard to watch a match back. Like you're like, geez, do people actually watch this? Um, you know, it's yeah, it's hard to watch. So let's. He painted a very bleak picture there, right? And I remember thinking at the time, and it is, again, this is all subjective. Everybody else's opinion is subjective because do you like watching that do you not like watching that and nobody's really wrong or right obviously if attendances are down and TV uh, viewing figures are down that's worrying but it's all subjective for people who like to watch it like or don't like to watch it what about playing in it this is a corner forward saying Mm -hmm. he doesn't like playing in it 
that he is now a sub on the team he thinks that the best players should play wing back because there's no place for a corner forward yeah is that not is that like I'd challenge anybody and there's currently a lot of people who are against these new rules these new rules are being brought in to help someone like Tomás Corrigan did you not say though that you, you thought players shouldn't really have a say in it ah uh, no that's different that's different that's in that's in the playing rules yeah but like you know when there's a lot of players though who I think I still think it is subjective if you are playing but they don't like the new rules and they're sort of come out against it as well you know so it is still there's still two camps even in the playing community I yeah. think anyway but I, I remember like Paddy Bradley saying something about the rules and this, but this, is, this is an idea of a whole position on the field becoming yeah. extinct so it's not really him looking after himself because like he was a sub and this is uh, my point about Bradley who's my favourite forward you know growing up in the corner forward and good full forward but like he was talking about how he didn't enjoy the game anymore because he was being double marked all the time and there's mass defences and he was struggling but I think Tomas Corrigan and even Bradley Bradley who's come out against the rules they're advocating some sort of change but not necessarily these ones Yeah. but yeah like you know there's definitely discussion well, still yeah. when a corner forward says that you'd think you instantly think that it's self-preservation it's like well he's a corner forward of course he's not going to enjoy it but I, like that's not the thing here like he, there's no bitterness in Tomas Corrigan in that interview it's no. like, it's like it, there's quality analysis of what, what exactly is wrong with the game that could have came from somebody who plays midfield or somebody who plays yeah. half back not just because he plays not just because he plays corner forward but like that's it to hear like he's despairing about this, the state of the game it's terrible to watch it's yeah. so boring they, they they should be like alarm bells all day long ah, they should they should and like I mean if Tomas Corrigan was saying well I propose a rule that might you know look after his position I would agree with you and say yeah, players, yeah. shouldn't, players shouldn't really be deciding this but he's just he's just kind of you know being a little bit Disappointed about the way the game has gone. Not like even it's angry. It's resigned. It's resigned. Which it's just, is the worst. Like yeah. apathy is the worst thing that yeah. can happen. Like yeah, it so nearly the is. The longer you begin to accept this, the, the worse it's going to get. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, listen. We all know that we get the big names on this show, lads. So there's been loads of them. You've got Joe Canning. You have who else have we got? <laughs> Joe Canning's enough. Really. Joe Canning's enough. Anyways, we get loads of big names on the show um, after matches. One of the biggest names we had on the show this year is Harry Redknapp. Uh, he came on the show he obviously was in the toughest rivalry here this year it was AIB's uh, thing and he managed Castle Haven so this is Harry Redknapp oh, Willie what's going on mate you alright not much not much how's it going yeah yeah terrific mate you know he's great to be on the podcast you know I'm a big big fan of the show you know I think it's a fantastic show you know, you know, Conan, I can't understand a word he says, but I think he's a great, great addition. You know, I love the show. Terrific. Terrific. Okay, come here. And so, um, I suppose, are you looking forward to managing in the GEA team? Yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, the contract got signed yesterday. You know, we're doing it for the love of the game. You know, I'm going to get the expenses, you know, in about 10 grand a week, you know. But we're going to try and get a couple of players in. You know, we're, we're talking to Nico Cranjar. You know, we're talking to Bobby Zamora. Bobby's always good for a two-yard tap out. And uh, we've got Crouchy, Crouchy's missus. She fancies a bit of cork. And, of course, we've got Jamie, you know. You know, I know Jamie's a 45, but you know, I think he's got his best years ahead of him, mate. You know, I mean, I think he's a fantastic player. Yeah, sorry, so sorry, to sorry to cut you off there, Harry, but you can make signings um, in the GA. That's not how it works here. Well, I spoke to the chairman, and he, he said that they money left over from the Strictly Come Dance, and he was looking to invest, you know, in the club. So I thought he was all about players. Maybe I got to look at the contract again, but you know, you got to be able to sign a couple of players. You know, come on. Yeah, OK, well, listen, moving on from that, Harry, what kind of football can we expect from Castlehaven? Well, you know, I'm a bit like the, uh, the lad Broly, you know, I'm a traditionalist, you know, catch and kick, uh, you know, I'm not into the black defence like McGuinness Sabrino, 
Now, I think you'd expect us to play with a 4 4 2. You know, maybe a bit of a Christmas tree formation now and again, but I think it's going to be predominantly a 4 4 2 formation. Right, okay. Now, it's, 50, it's 15 aside. Yeah, listen, you know, you're, uh, you're the expert, I suppose. You know, listen, I've been managing teams a long, long time, mate, all right? Okay. I know, I know, what, I know what works. Okay, no I've, no, I've no doubt that you do. So, come here, just to finish up, Harry, are you glad you got Castlehaven? You're happy enough with that. It's a long trip down to Cork. Well, you know, I spoke to the missus, Sandra. You know, she, she didn't fancy for English, will you? You know what I mean? She said she doesn't want Jamie hanging around with that riffraff, you know. She said, you know, you know, she see what the Dublin boys did to that little shop. She was disgusted, <laughs> to be honest with you, you know. So, you know, she fancies getting a bit of sun. So I said we go to Cork, triplet place, and I'm, you know, I can't wait to learn the language. Fantastic. <laughs> Come here, and I know you mentioned uh, transfers earlier. So, like, I mean, is it going to be a disadvantage for you not being able to sign players? Because we know that you're known as such a wheeler dealer. Listen, mate, I ain't no wheeler dealer, mate. I'm a fucking football manager, right? I tell you what, Willie, you can fuck off. A shit show, you can fuck off, mate, all right? Look. Harry. Harry, okay, Ooh. we're we're after losing we're after losing Harry there. I don't know why you get so annoyed about being called a wheeler dealer. Yeah. That was the end of it. Like I meant that in the best possible way. What is this? Po- this is like Harry Redner's been called a lot of things, but being good in the transfer market can shouldn't really be one of them. Or, or is he paranoid about his out of football dealings? That's obviously well. Okay, I know exactly why he's getting annoyed. Um, right. Well, Emlyn Mulligan joined the show, lads. Um, uh, he was on after Leitrim beat Loud in a brilliant win in the qualifiers and it was few and far between and Emlyn was extremely honest in his analysis of Leitrim and his analysis on another topic, topical uh, subject at the moment a two-tiered championship Yeah, no, I agree I, I, I'd be proud of myself really. I've spoken about it and I've always said it like, I, like since I've played football since I started playing football 11 years ago like we've only as I said, I've said to a few people, take London and New York out of it. Like, um, we've, I've only ever won one championship game, and that's against Slide when I was in 11. Like, you know, and you know yourself, like, putting in the amount of effort and training your ass. Like, and you can say, oh, we want to play the big teams, and you hear, you hear Turlock O'Brien and he's saying, oh, this is proven. But the, the, them results that Carlo are getting, or even sometimes ourselves, they're against Loud. Like, that's only covering up the cracks, really. Like, you know, yeah. there's so many other hammers being hammered out. Um, like in loud they're another day no disrespect them in another division 2 but technically they're probably division 3 team now like, as you said keeping division 3 and 4 together and like, you're competing against your own t- you're competing against teams you know and you can really believe you can beat them like you know and that means a lot more than going out playing Roscom and Mayo for ourselves and getting the shy kicked out of us in, in terms of year in year out and as you said there like your training since October for us and um, like the qualifiers really and I know Waterford came out a few weeks ago and said that that was their aim regardless how Tipperary could run against them in the football and they went out and played Wexford in fairness and that was their aim so like if that's what they're aiming for like it just proves that there is a need for a two-tier system like you know and it's, it's not really helping some of the weaker teams that some of the trimmings we're getting and like if we don't approach this game as we get against Monon for example like we, God knows what could be handed out and I'm not saying we're not saying that we're not going to try and go out and win the game but in terms of like the standards are playing one of the top three or four teams in the country against a team that's finishing in the top three or four top four bottom teams in division four like so yeah. call a spade a spade you have to be realistic and you have all these heroes going around saying oh no we want to play in the top teams but one, once in ten years you may catch them out and that, if, if even once in twenty years you know and it's, yeah. it's just not I don't think it's good enough to be fair or whatever the boys are putting in yeah no I couldn't agree more and I'm, I'm delighted to hear someone from the like a division four team say this and I think more are saying this I think Carlo are pretty much the only ones saying that they're not and they're getting close to big teams because they play a, a certain way now in fairness to beat Kildare but like I mean for someone like you who's one of the top players in the country like 
in a two tier two sixteens, like Leitrim would have a very realistic chance of making an All Ireland quarter final in Croke Park in Division in Tier Two All Ireland or Division Two All Ireland or whatever it wants to be called. Like, I mean, how would a player not want to play in an All Ireland quarter final in Croke Park at their own level? No, hundred percent. Like we, as you said, like if the incentive is there, and like, oh, like I suppose, but I've never played in Crow Park. Like, and you know, there's a good chance I can finish my career. Not never having played there. Like, you know, so that's, that's obviously a disappointing fact. Yeah. But like as you said, if there's a tier two, you're going to have a, you, you'd have a, a realistic chance of it. You know, that, that's why the league, I suppose, at the minute is the most competitive of the whole lot. Is because we're playing teams at the same level, and every week you go out whether home or away, you believe you can win it. Whereas we're playing Roscommon or these teams, and it's a false belief. We, we kind of get into a bubble and we all believe in the circle we're going to beat them. But then your best at 20 points, you kind of surround yourself and look at each other and go, Jesus Christ, are we realistically ever going to beat them, mate? Do you know? And I know. It's, it's, you, there's too much of it really going on. And I, like, I'm very mad. I'm, I'm brutal for getting into that bubble thinking, Jesus, yeah, we'll, we'll beat Kerry if they come up tough. Yeah, I know. But sure. I, mean, I used you know to. Yourself, that circle, I, yeah, yeah, that circle of trust, like, you know, when you're in it, like, it's very yeah. hard to not, you know, it's very hard not to believe it. But at the same time, when you get fed then you're like Jesus Christ how naive was I like you know uh, I used to be the same with Leash when I remember come up in 1998 we were playing Kildare and they ended up making the final and like friends of mine who might like a bet would be saying to me well what do you think I says I ah, don't worry about this lads we're flying it we're, we're going to win this and then they beat us by, they beat us by <laughs> yeah. 13 points and I'm thinking what am I doing Like, I, but I believed it <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it was like it was stupidity at the same time well that, that, that circle that circle that circle <laughs> can be dangerous at times can be very misleading yeah yeah <laughs> De- definitely don't don't be going into any bookie offices based on information that that bubble gives out. Um, quickly, to no, fin- quickly, no. quick- well, hey, we're sixteen, we're sixteen to one, big man, and the weekend get in, we're flying, we're flying. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible, nice fella, Emla Mulligan came across as a really, really nice lad and really honest and genuine about Leitrim's chances and. Also funny towards the end about actually believing that you'll be anyone. Yeah. Like what the hell? You know, <laughs> getting sucked into it. Yeah. Just sucked in for lads. We can actually do this. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, I mean, oh, it's only after the game you go, ah, lads, what yeah. are we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go without, without that belief, you might as well say we'll give you a walkover. Like you have yeah. to have that belief. But like, I mean, him never playing in Croke Park. I think since that interview, he did play in Croke Park. I think it was a guards match or something. Did you see that? No, no that that count? <laughs> well, he's played there. I know. Yeah, but I think it counts. Yeah. I would count it right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we well played done. the Aviva twice in media matches. I can still say I yeah. played the Aviva. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Good, that's good yeah. Gold, yeah. yeah, you absolutely played in the yeah. Aviva. There's but no it, question about uh, that. But it's just the shame is that Emma Mulligan has never played in Crow Park representing Leitrim. Exactly, I mean. exactly. Okay, that's fair enough. No, and that is that is the whole point. Um, we're going to leave you in part one with Brendan Deveni so he was on our live show he was in great form up in Letterkenny very first one we had last year and he came out with one of the best lines of the year we'll leave it with Brendan I don't know I suppose I admire Kevin sticking these fucking guns um, I mean I disagree with it I was writing for Gillig Life at the time Jim never spoke to me for a long time I don't really know Jim anymore me and him are like best friends when, when we played you know he's seen the light of Jesus and uh, I'm still like fighting the devil you know <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, he seems a wee bit of a. He seems a wee bit beautiful way of putting it. He seems a wee bit of a pontificator to me. Um, now you know, it's almost like he's whiter and white because he was in the middle of the the trenches there when we were going hardcore, and uh, I've never heard any of that out of him since. So I think he's he's forgotten about uh, the crack we used to have. Come here, I want you to talk us through the goal you scored in the county final after 15 seconds. I want you to tell me when you had goal on your mind. Yeah, you probably had a few 15 seconds experiences yourself. <laughs> uh, 
All right, welcome back to the show. So one of the biggest stories of the year was in women's football. Um, Cora Staunton went on the offensive after dropping off the Mayo Pan with seven Carnacon clubmates and a few other players as well. Uh, words like unsafe and player welfare were used and their manager Peter Leahy came exclusively on the GAR to give his side of events. Well, the, the words unsafe is the reason why I'm here, which you can't. Yeah, I wouldn't because blame you. that's really... I mean, it's not just for me, it's my fund management team. I mean, I have a, um, a charter physio. Now, there's a charter physio at every single training session. We have heart rate monitoring, we have recovery heart rate, live heart rate monitoring to make sure that all the girls are not overworked. We have stuff that no other intercounty team has. We have a meal. I just seen Mick Bowen's uh, interview today. They said it up until he came, they had a meal after every, we had a meal after every training session. Um, we had top quality pitches. We had a charter physio at every, every single, we had heart rate monitor. We have a fully qualified strength and conditioning coach. What we have, a lot of senior men's teams still don't have. So for this to come out as a welfare and unsafe this puts everything into question this puts in a, a, a chartered physio uh, we have a teacher as one of our, our selectors we have a pilot as one of our selectors we have uh, a bank official you know we have all these people who are now put in question as to unsafe like we have well, a liaison it's, officer yeah. there we have a liaison officer there who if there's an unsafe situation has to be contacted and yeah. she's never heard a word about unsafe or unhealthy so this is these are close to slanderous uh, Accusations now being put put out there, and it's 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 not fair on my management team. And if there, someone wants to come out and say something to me, and personally say Peter Lee he did X, Y, and Z, I welcome it because it has to be put out in the open public domain at this moment. Yeah. Do you think maybe they're they're backed into a corner in some way that they can't go back on that welfare now? Because like I mean, maybe if they were to admit that they walked off the squad for the reasons you're saying they walked off the squad for just simply selection issues and noses potentially being out of joint that it would look really, really bad on them. Well, this is the reason why I didn't come on to any show or make any statement up, up until now, because by doing something like I'm doing now, it, it puts pressure on the players, to who I hope will eventually shrug their shoulders and say, listen, I want to play football again. I mean, my job is to make sure that Mayo play football. I don't hold any grudges. People make plays. They make things. I mean, things happen. You know, you need to move on. But the minute safety was brought into, I have to uh, protect my management team. Safety and unhealthy was mentioned last week. Yeah. And that's enough is enough now. And if there's any any truth in that, we don't forget from that meeting on, on Tuesday or on the on the Thursday where they started on Thursday when they pulled out, don't forget from the, the timeline from that then on the Saturday the players had a player uh, meeting. They were called and only twelve of the players went, but it was called by two two players who were in existence and they thought they were meeting to sort out things for ca- the Cavan match and it worked out to be that they were voting against me to be manager So this is the coup everybody's yeah, talking about yeah. so Cora has denied there was a coup now in fairness Cora, to Cora she wasn't there no, so no, she can she easily wasn't. say I don't know what you're talking yes, about of a coup and, fair is fair. and be honest and, in saying that but there was 12 girls in there and Sarah Tierney would have been in there as captain because she walked away after that meeting so I presume she would have been in that meeting I have to be fair to Sarah Tierney uh, you know Sarah Tierney is without doubt the most um, she's so honourable and she's so she would be looking now for people's welfare she'd be fantastic at that and and I would have thought no it's only my thoughts that you know genuinely Sarah would have thought she was doing the right thing I, I really do believe that and she would have been trying to protect the players who'd walked away or whatever the case so uh, you know I would definitely say Sarah was was back, not backed into a corner because she's an old enough to make her own decisions. But yeah, because whatever about the Carnacon players, the captain Sarah Tierney not connected, not playing with Carnacon, her leaving doesn't look good 
on the management. Is that fair yeah, to say? Yeah, you know, I mean, but she they did put up on the board herself and this other player put up on the board. Uh, you know, and was stated. You, you know, you either pick Peter Lee or us that we're going to walk away if if he stays. So unfortunately, you know, right or wrong, the girls wouldn't vote on the situation. They were happy to play for play play forward and keep going, and. Sarah and and uh, walked away. Now Sarah sent a message in. She said she was walking away for personal reasons. So you know, and as you said, rightly said yourself, you're entitled to walk away. You know, you are entitled to walk away. Yeah. You're entitled to anyone's if they're not happy. And obviously Sarah wasn't happy. Um, then you're entitled to walk away. I just hope um, that all these. I, I would like to see some kind of justification for why people walked away. You know, it's. Publicly, yeah. Publicly, yeah. But if there was 12 girls at that meeting, um, well, then four of them walked away out of that meeting and eight of them didn't walk away. No, Is that two fair? walked away from that meeting. From that meeting. And from, since that, actually, one of the girls walked away for totally personal reasons, thanked the management, said we were brilliant management, etc., okay. etc. Because et um, Cora's saying all of 14 left for the exact same no, reasons. That's, that, I mean, listen, we were, our whole panel and our management received the, the text message, so it's not, we, we're not hiding anything, you know. Um, now, they subsequently could be jumping on the bandwagon in, in the other side, but when when it happened, we got messages to say it was personal reasons and one of them was, you know, just not liking football at the moment. Um, and then one felt pressurised. And uh, Now, there was pressure put on these girls. We had girls who still remained in the panel who two days and three days before we played Cavan were being asked to leave, to join them. Really? And said, oh, if you go, they, they won't be able to field. So this is the kind of stuff that was going on, which is cloak and dagger stuff. It's not nice and it, it, it doesn't reflect well. And, and, and it's, 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 it's silly. You know, in the end of the day, don't forget the county board executive went to meet Carnacon on my request. Not At no stage did Carnacon ring the county board or ever had any complaint to anyone, including our liaison officer, our county board and you can well imagine if there's welfare issues safety issues the first thing you do is protect the girls that are there protect the people who are there and get them your first thing you do is go to your boss and the boss is the county board you know yeah. if there's a liaison there's a liaison officer there for a reason their liaison officer is there to protect the players surely you go to them to, find, to say that there's a problem that never happened yeah, we don't really have much to say on the back of this, lads. I think we analysed this kind mm. of to death since Cora has brought out a book. And in fairness to Peter, he just came on this show, gave his side of it, and he's done. He's done with it. I think that was the right kind of tactics from him. He didn't. He don't want the tit for tat when then Cora releases her book, then he comes yeah, back again, yeah. and you know stuff like this. And people asking me saying, "You're going to get Peter back on?" And I was like, "No." He, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, my yeah. advice to Peter would be just to leave that. That was fifty minutes of being as honest as you could be, and. That's probably the best, you know. That's all he sh- he he rightly did. Yeah, it's, mm. been, it's been like the most dramatic off season ever in the GA. I think you know since it ended. It started with Mayo as well, like with the Stephen Rochford thing, and then him going out, and then James Horan coming in, and then the Mayo ladies. The rule changes. Like it's been mad. Yeah. Like what's happened since September? It's just yeah. sad that there's still been no real resolution to the Mayo thing either. Do you know, we're, there's we're, no we're talk mon- of them going back in. Is no, there? we're months on, and like I, I heard Cora speaking. Like Cora's still standing by her use of the word. Oh, well, she's gone. And I yeah. wouldn't say, to be honest, from the information, I wouldn't think there's 
Peter would be too sad about that or no. wouldn't think the panel but I'd be more concerned about the other seven Carnacon girls are yeah, they going to are I, they going I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's looking like that at the moment really? but it, like the, what Cora did say as well is that the how the stain that it's left on the relationship since she said that there's there's players there that she's just not going to talk to again as a result of it and I'm sure the feeling is mutual and that's I just think that's very sad yeah, because of how much they would have shared together you know it definitely is there's no doubt about that right um, we'll move on um, because Daniel Flynn uh, joined us on the show in April so he had a brilliant league he scored six <coughs> points um, against Kerry all from play um, some brilliant finishes so he was probably full forward um, regularly this year just the whole year as a proper full forward he's more natural midfielder more natural wing forward so I talked to him about his finishing and of course the miss in the Leinster final um, when one and one against Stephen Cluxton that came up as well uh, no not at all I wouldn't be a natural finisher at all Um for a long time my, my game was more running uh, and maybe linking the player winning frees and stuff but uh, I really had to work on it and it's just sort of something that's happened over time um, God, because I don't there's no great science to it or that but just uh, just practicing really and yeah. going to training and throwing caution to the wind a small bit and whatever happens happens and like that it's sort of sort of working it well and there's a bit of confidence there as well when you when you do put up maybe a big score or two and you say maybe maybe this is the place for me so I'm happy enough to fire in there yeah because the six points from six points from play against Kerry a lot of them were kind of full, proper full forward scores you know you're looping around and you know left or right they were actual full forward scores if you know what I mean yeah I get you um it was great. I was I was delighted after that game, to be honest, um, because the week before I was I was thinker, like a balloon, maybe three or four balls up into the air, um, and uh, I was just happy to get that consistency right. Um, especially now going back as well into the club and going into the championship, it's nice to nice to have that there. Yeah, I was reading that you were very hard on yourself after missing that goal in the Leinster final. You didn't even go out um, after it, and, <laughs> and then I was thinking, like, I mean, if you're not used to being in that position at full forward you know where you just have that split second to beat Stephen Cluxton that will come you know what I mean I wouldn't be that hard on, hard on you for, for him saving that one oh stop wouldn't you so we, had a, we had a club auction there yesterday down at the pub and uh, whoever was making up the slideshow was auctioning off two lengths to final tickets and lo and behold here's this big massive uh, thing up on the screen of me missing the, the one on one with Cluxton <laughs> I stormed out, I stormed out, the pub and back into the shop. <laughs> <laughs> and come here, did you but, not? Go, uh, did you not go out that night? Is that true? Is that true? Uh, I didn't go out that night. I couldn't sleep. Sure, um, it just it happened. It all happened so quick. That's the I thing. Do, I think I ran behind, I ran behind Brian Fenton. I think, and uh, I was just there was just an acre of space, and I couldn't believe what happened. And sure, bottled it, and sure, what he called kicked it at him. Sure, what can you do? Yeah. Like you were saying, it's not as if I've been playing there for for the last 10 years it's something that's new and something that I'm, I'm still kind of learning how to play there so what can you do put it down to experience and exactly move on. that's the thing because like I really believe this like the likes of the Gooches and the Bernard Brogans that will know what to do in that situation they've been doing it since under 12 they, they've made those mistakes at under 12 under 14 and now they'd probably take a, a bounce and go around him you know that's, that's all experience yeah. of how to know how to deal with that split second kind of opportunity Ah, it is like there's a knack to it. Like we've Neil Flynn um, in Melissa and Kildare, and he's he's lethal. So he is in them situations. He just there's this time stand still for him. He can do what he wants. Yeah, but uh, there is like some boys are a lot better than others. Daniel Flynn came across as a really likable sort of fella. Like I mean, very very honest. It's a pity he's not around. I'm a big fan of Daniel Flynn's an explosive type of player, but it was just that 
split second finishing that he kind of got caught on and I think he's too hard on himself as well as playing in the pub and he has to walk out he oh, can't yeah. watch it but <laughs> yeah. he, this fella's in front of the hill one on one against Stephen Cluxton so Stephen Cluxton's one of the best shot stoppers you're going to see but pr- the best shot stopper well Graham Brody's the best shot stopper <laughs> we all know that Stephen Cluxton the best shot stopper he just running in one on one maybe has too much time to think about it and puts it at a bad height and Cluxton saves it it's not the worst in the world Daniel I'd be yeah. a little bit he didn't, doesn't even go out after the game Danny. he's so disappointed in himself it really struck me in that interview how much I mean this, I don't mean this the wrong way but how much he cared like you know someone like Daniel Flynn they look like a bit of a free spirit and a bit of a maverick and they just like going out and bulldozing boys and having fun basically but I couldn't believe he was still hurting like sort of talking through that with you and the following year yeah and he was tutting and like you know he was still remembering the things and he's talking through a gun behind Fenton and he was still regretting it like you know yeah. I couldn't believe how much he was invested in that one moment yeah I suppose at that time of the game it would have got them back into it um, they were going well in the second half yeah it and was a big miss it was a big miss at that time mm. it was definitely a big miss there's no doubt about that but it's not it's, it's not, not the end of the world no no, no. but like it's He's it's only hard young. for you to convince yourself if you're the one that was guilty of that miss it's hard to tell yourself that it's not the end of the world everybody yeah. else is going to be telling you that but this sort of thing obviously it, it is going to kind of prey in your mind for a long time afterwards yeah there's no doubt right so lads you might think of me as a bit of a messer um, but in Minute, I nurtured a lot of young stars of the future like Alan Brogan, Mark O'Shea, Alan Dillon, Rory Cavanagh, Barry Cal and Ross Munley. So we're going to leave you here for part two with Ross Munley telling you, telling us he was on the show as a guest pundit on one Monday morning. He was telling us about some bit of advice I gave him back in the day in Minute. The best bit of advice he gave me back then was we were in the Glen Royal on a night out and he, I'd never met him before and he put his arm around me and he said, you won't go too far wrong if you win the ball and give it to me. I said, all right, well, okay. That's great advice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> for you. <laughs> I said, are you going to get up or are you going to stay in bed? I, I said, we have a game there about half three. If you wouldn't mind joining us. <laughs> 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 didn't even like, didn't even go for the back. Took his line, took his extra five minutes. It was like, it was like the snooze button. Hit the, hit the snooze button for another five minutes. Rolled out of bed. 1-7 that day. Welcome back to part three. So we had Kevin McStay, lads, on the show during the league and there's not a better manager in the country to give you an honest interview. Maybe it's because he works in the media and understands it. So we complain a lot about Jim Gavin not giving any insights into the Dublin camp and we heard from him, Fitzmaurice, a few weeks ago um, saying that he kind of copied Jim Gavin's example. Um, so Kevin McStay is one person who has no problem giving some insights into the into the Roscommon squad and I'd hate as well just on this to see Roscommon didn't do well because McStay gives insights it's not because yeah, of that no, no. so here he was on the show and he was telling us about the league being every week and facing a new team every week without having too much um, turnaround time and time to prepare so he gave us a great insight on how Roscommon um, deal with that well you know the one type of confidence I hate is flaky confidence you know the bluff confidence where you know and I've often said this but there's no have real confidence based on 
I'm, I'm in great shape. I've yeah. worked really hard. I've trained incredibly well. And when we played matches, either out on the training pitch or challenge matches, you know, our scrimmage games, you know, I've performed well in them. Now you've real confidence, you know, that not the type of confidence that a goal in the first minute by the opposition drains everything. You know, that flaky old yeah. confidence is no good to anybody. You know, but real confidence, you know, okay, we're four down, sorry, 10, 15, 20 minutes gone. We're going to chip away at this. We know what we're doing. We're nice and steady. We get there. That's the type of confidence, obviously. But I, I don't think overconfidence becomes. I don't see much overconfidence in, in the modern game compared to our own time. I think we know all not too much about each other to to to, to get overconfident. You know, you're wary of every opposition now, and you prepare really well for every opposition. I used to always think, three years ago, Curry never lost to any underdog, really. You know, yeah. there'd never be a surprise. They'd never get caught like we'd get caught in Connacht, say, you know, when uh, you'd be cock-a-hoop and the next thing, you know, Roscommon would beat Mayo against the head or vice versa. That really doesn't happen too much now uh, with a lot of the top teams. Like, you, you really, like, wouldn't, shouldn't Dublin be the most overconfident team in the country? Yeah, not with Jim no, Gavin just, Not with Jim Gavin there, I'd say. Yeah, that's the point. I, I'd say the yeah. preparation every week, like, we go through the opposition, who are their danger players, what way are they playing, who scored to them last week? Who's on fire? You know, all so all that all that information is out there that you know twenty years ago you couldn't gather that type of information. Yeah, it is. I, I, I don't think overconfidence is really part of the of the modern squads at all. Yeah, it is out there all that information. But I'm just thinking now that you mentioned preparing for other teams that it must be really difficult now during the league. Whatever about the championship, you could have three weeks to to look ahead and source videos yeah. and do all that kind of thing. Give individual players a heads up with games coming thick and fast every week you know it must be really difficult to go into the detail you'd want to yeah mass- massively challenging column um, but we'd be highly organised well you know I can only speak for my, my own my own group but I'm, I know all the counties are you know highly organised at the moment they're pooling all the videos together you know, there's a load of 20, 20 of the counties have come together but you know all the videos up on a Monday so that we're not going around you know, trying to get managers to give us yeah. copies of teams that played two weeks ago. You know, everyone's open and frank about it, put into the one pool. Um, obviously, we knew the draw back in December, whenever Crow Park, and back in November when the fixtures are out. So the lads that do this work for us, you know, they would have been working away before the league even got started. So they have an awful lot of work done that way. Right. We obviously have a bank of video from last year and the year before, you know, our own stuff that we collect. Um, so it, it, is, it is massively challenging. I think the biggest challenge is the lads finding time to get to, to get to have a peep at it, and us finding time during the week to, to share it, it with them. You yeah. know? That, that. So what we tend to do is kind of put it up on our on our, our uh, in our YouTube group or our WhatsApp group, let them have a peep at it in their own time, and then underline maybe the important points on Friday night at the final session All right. that's really All right. as much time as you can have in the league because week and week you know that you know, like it's, it's incredibly tiring and challenging and you know it's just there's no very little time to look back just a, a little bit of time to look forward yeah that's a, it's a, that seems to be really so you have a YouTube um, group that's the first time I've heard of YouTube groups and well, you, maybe the, I, I'm not the most IT literate guy but we've our own <laughs> channel or yeah, yeah, yeah. password to get, you can't get into a column put it that way yeah you have a private YouTube channel yeah no you have your own <laughs> YouTube channel I'll try and find a password somewhere for it and see what you have see what you have yeah. that's, it's a common platform where they can go in and look uh, at the um, you know the turnovers if you want to look at the 20 odd turnovers or the or the steals or the wides or the goals and the points you can just 
hit a button and they all fly up for you. And it's kind of a learning tool more than anything else. I don't think it's certainly not we're, we're certainly not using it as a as a hammer. Yeah. To, to beat up anybody. But ah, no. Information. You know, we don't insist that to look at everything, but at certain bits and pieces, we'd like them to have a feedback. But that, that's the interesting thing. So I'm, I know you all have the software that breaks down into kickouts and turnovers. Yeah, yeah. So you're sticking up in individual clips and that, that seems really helpful. How do you know who's been what? You've no way of tracking who's actually bothered to go in and watch it or who hasn't. Oh, totally, totally and utterly, Colm, you can track it. Oh, you can? Um, <laughs> absolutely. Right. The, pro- the problem is, I suppose, you gave the pin to your sister. She could be doing it for you. Oh, yeah, classic. <laughs> And how you how long you stay in tracking is another one, but <laughs> we trust them enough, Colm. Yeah, you could just buy a monkey or something that could do it for you in your room or something like that. Just that, yeah, it's all interesting that it's gone that far. Like, I mean, that that seems brilliant to me. So then, when you hit the meeting on Friday night, everybody's on top of what you're doing, and they might have their own thoughts on it, and it's a much more productive Absolutely. meeting. Absolutely, yeah. And they, they generally have more thoughts than I have a lot of the time because they're playing them in colleges scenarios, or they're in college with the opposition players, you know. Yeah. And I might say, you know you want to keep an eye on Parkinson now you know he's strong on his right and you know if he gets a goal chance he'd go for it rather than a point and then one of the lads that are in college could be share, could be sharing a house with him or something well actually he's very strong on his left as well Colum, or uh, Kevin you know you, we need to we need to emphasise that and he's good over his head I mightn't have noticed that in the clips you know what I mean Yeah. so they, everybody brings something to it because Again, they're all in college together, and they're mixing around, and they're playing each other in under under underage, and and so on. So um, it, it works fine as long as you get the balance fairly right in it. And I'd like to think I'd like to think we do. It's not. It, it, it doesn't take over the week. I mean, the football on Tuesday and Friday are still the most important nights when you're trying to put a bit of shape on things. I have to say, lads, I didn't know anything about the YouTube channel and that kind of thing. I knew there was, I knew there was software. Um, obviously that breaks down your kickouts, your turnovers, all that kind of thing so that there, you don't, in my day, you might have to finish training at 10 o'clock and then head into a meeting room and watch a video from start to finish. Oh, yeah. And like nobody, yeah. no yeah. no manager wouldn't even talk through it. Yeah. You're just yeah. watching this video. Just recorded from the sideline. Yeah. You know, yeah. No commentary, no production values. No commentary, values. nothing. And yeah. all you're doing is literally waiting until you get on yeah. the ball. Yeah. Before yeah. You're yeah. <laughs> and you know when there's a mistake coming up as well. You're like, oh, oh, yeah. I hope it doesn't yeah. catch it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we used, to, we used to press, re- if you press rewind in real time, so you know, it's like the game is playing back, It just but in real time backwards. Really? So everyone's kind of running backwards at the same pace and the ball is just coming to people's feet and we just we'd watch five minutes of the game and people would be so bored we'd just here rewind that there we'd get off the track <laughs> so this would be hilarious obviously <laughs> but uh, yeah so that's it so Kevin McStay obviously explaining that they sent they have their own YouTube login uh, channel on YouTube and they log in and all that stuff is there in front of them so if you want to see turnovers so I'd imagine good managers are saying maybe ringing players individually say look at turnovers I want to see you in, in uh, minute 2 minutes 34 seconds I want to I want you to um, come back to me on Friday and we'll have a chat about that so that's watched you know all about it so that chat is a lot better in the meeting or whatever you know what I mean so mm. that these lads are coming to this meeting before the opposition armed with whatever you yeah. have seen and they have it clear in their heads and they know exactly the mistakes they made they know exactly so I'd imagine in that meeting on a Friday night maybe they show some show a few more so I would I would like I always thought one thing uh, manager with Port Leash did with us 
um, and this was before before his time his video work was just so much better than everybody else's that like when when he'd be showing the video he'd be pointing fellas out so say there's a the other team turns the ball over and we like this was back around the time when Tyrone would have swarmed Kerry so they, he would have wanted us to do that in the forwards and to be working really hard so obviously show on the video where some fella's just trotting along not really giving a shit yeah. so that video is paused and he's called out and he's asked why is he, why is he not tackling and me as captain then I'll back up, back up the manager mm-hmm. on that and I'll say if you think that's what we're going to you know be improving by you walking around like that and you're shamed in so immediately in his head and I was called out on things as well like everyone it's not picking on anybody so immediately in your head you're like no way I'm being called out yeah, yeah, yeah. so in the, you should have seen the way we hunted lads down because nobody wanted to be the fella that was on that video trotting around and our work ethic like we made the all Ireland club final that year our work ethic just went through the roof yeah just just and it, that's such a simple thing yeah why are you walking around there when when Woolley's tackling and you're just standing there looking at him and then you have to play but the secret to that is is that the players have to back that up no, it needs complete buy in it, it has from to have every, a buy, buy in but if you get a buy in from a few of the leaders and even one or two of the younger fellas and like I mean you have to because a manager if you keep giving out to lads as a manager you'll get friction and it'd be like maybe like a teacher mm. you have to have players to back up your point yeah. and like I mean it was explained to me as captain you, they need to hear from you yeah. so then yeah. I'm I'm reinforcing that as in why do we have to put up with you not bothering your arse there yeah. yeah so then it gets a buy in from everyone then suddenly the culture in training is bang everybody's getting nailed and everyone's hit you yeah, know what I mean yeah. and it, how difficult is that for him to be pausing a few examples of not working hard yeah. Yeah. the camera you know? helps the buy in as well because you're right you, you, there's like, no hiding there's no place, you're, yeah. when you're playing the game imagining what it looks like sort of and like, knowing that the manager will see there's no hiding place now with a camera no and, and you there, there are like if you're watching it, we all know how to hide on a pitch if you want because the ball will have gone and you could track that run if you want but you know that the ball's gone on nobody's really watching you and I've done it myself mm. I've given up I've given up tracking a run thinking there's a very small chance he's going to catch up on that play yeah. and I'll get away with it <clears throat> do you know what I mean but yeah. you, the video won't like you, you'll get caught with that so that, that's just one example I've given there's loads of them like one two lads are tackling him and you're saying well I'll just stand out here or, you know yeah. you're just taking it easy when you, you don't have to we had a great clip this year where there was a guy running down the wing with the ball and there were four of us behind him almost like a rugby thing and they only had three players sort of coming towards him so we had two men extra but the four of us were just standing on our heels and the video paused and nowadays you can like circle it and, and show where these boys should be running and it looked really bad so this guy goes forward and then we're all just stopped behind him instead of making a run like we've got the overlap but we don't use it and this guy turns around and pops it back in between the five of us we're getting nowhere just popping the ball yeah. and because you've seen that then and you've seen how angry the manager is watching it and you know that we want to get boys streaming forward you'll never do it again because you're no. constantly thinking of what it looks so like that, that's the thing it also works and a big pet hate of mine is winning the ball in the defence and the fella that wins it just comes running out himself yeah. and the other five stand looking at him yeah yeah like what good is that yeah. like he's going to run into trouble and there's nobody on his shoulder like I mean I'd be highlighting the other five why are you not yeah. helping him out there why are you just standing there we have possession get on his shoulder and when he runs into someone you're gone past and you're gaining more ground and someone else is running at an angle like that's coaching a game plan and pulling lads up because yeah. again you're a little bit tired after defending a move yeah. do you really want to get on this lad's shoulder yeah. and you know yeah. that, that, again it's just being lazy and getting away with it 
Um, so yeah so basically Ross Common doing all that stuff and I'm sure Kevin McStay is doing all that stuff that uh, we're talking about there as well so next one lads we had Pillar Caffrey so we went to Cookstown ahead of Dublin Tyrone in the Super 8s and Pillar Caffrey told a great story about his post-match interview after the infamous Battle of Oma there was a lot of booing I don't know I presume it was for Paddy Russell when the teams were going off afterwards I think it was the only time we bet Tyrone during my tenor so we're, we're coming off the pitch so there's after been 14 players booked, four players sent off, three good rows, and Paddy Russell has sworn never to referee again. <laughs> so Jerry Canning's looking for an interview for the Sunday game that night. Uh, so I'm coming a bit out, back out on the pitch. So I work as a policeman at Garda Shikana down, down in Store Street, and I'm coming back out, and there's a cohort of loyal Tyrone fans still up in the stand as you come back out. And they're roaring at me, hey, Coffrey, you free state bastard. (laughs) 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 And and, and next thing I hear, you have no fucking jurisdiction up here. (laughs) (laughs) So this comment was so good, I looked around, and as I looked around, I got this... Bottle, plastic bottle half full of seven up was coming tumbling down. <laughs> Smacked me nose is big enough and crooked enough, but <laughs> smack me right in the bridge of the nose and gave me a little cut here. And sure, Jerry Canning was like, Jesus, oh, quick, get, get, get him wiped the blood off him and then do the interview. So uh, it was an unusual end to the game, that's all I'll say. <laughs> so where did you find the seven up bottle, Mugsy? <laughs> 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 what's your dressing room like afterwards I suppose you're all hyped up and like I mean because the crowd Pillar's been nice to his own team there the crowd booed Paddy Russell off and booed the Dublin team off because that you know is obviously the majority of support was the tro- from no, Toronto no look Brian will tell you himself Mickey got us to do another decade of the rosary <laughs> <laughs> That was great crack that night up in Oma. And do you know what I'm thinking? And, like, I mean, there is a contradiction here, right? So we found that Battle of Oma, the whole idea of the Battle of Oma. Now, I don't think we glorified the fight as much, but we still look back on it thinking it was funny. And then we're seeing all these fights break out yeah, in club yeah, games yeah. all over the country and we're horrified by it. Yeah. And, like, in 10 years' time, will we look back on those club rows and will we think it's, they're funny? I'd hope, I'd hope not. But do you see, like, are, are we being hypocritical by... Well, I am. I produced the show. <laughs> you don't look so horrified, no, no. lads. You're, 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 in, you're in the clear here. There's definitely an element of that. There's definitely an element of glorifying past instances. Like I can think of, remember when Tomás O'Shea did he punch out Dinny Allen that time? Oh, yeah. That, kind of way? that was a horrific strike. Yeah, and even the, the, like uh, I think most people look back on Mayo Mead kind well, of a, as, as a horror show, but at the same time, people get a good kick out of it as well. Sure, didn't Pat Spillane do a commentary, yeah. an over-commentary? Yeah. About, Boxing about, commentary? Yeah, exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? And now in comes him and like, yeah. This was a classic. <laughs> he gets the right hand and he gets the left hand. Oh, he analysed it bit by bit. Yeah. And that, that was very funny. But, like, I mean, this, this is an issue in the GEA. Like, maybe this year has come to a head. We're seeing so much of it. So it's gone beyond the joke now. Whereas, I don't know, in my in my mind, these incidents were very few and far between. Like, and yeah. I, I actually remember the time of Dublin, uh, Tyrone, it being... It, it, it's not like it was looked upon as funny at the time in any way it was very serious and mm. it was it was reported on like that looking back on it now I don't think we ah, look maybe I'm being hard on ourselves I don't think we glamorised it in any way yeah. at the thing but it was still a, 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 an interesting well, the funny parts that Pillar had more there were more about the characters that the, him getting yeah. called the free state bastard from, yeah. from the crowd and stuff like that getting the 7-up bottle I think when it's a county game it's, it's, it seems like it's a bit more under control or something like that uh. because it's an event where it's a club match and you see supporters coming in and dangerous yeah, referee 
referees dangerous. getting hit like that's what we've been seeing recently it just seems a bit more out of control and a bit more remote which sort of lends itself to feeling dangerous but we knew all those players as well watching it so for some reason it doesn't seem as bad yeah for some reason it doesn't seem as bad but it, 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 it is as bad so, <laughs> so you're a hypocrite I don't, I, don't, I don't know what we've learned from this little <laughs> chat <laughs> uh, there's only one place to leave you here lads for the best of and that is a worldwide exclusive so we're not coming back after this so listen we want to wish you all a happy new year and we'll talk to you in the new, the new year we'll be back obviously with four shows a week during the league we'll do a few shows in January as well to keep you ticking over but this was a worldwide exclusive this video was watched over 500 times on Facebook alone it's gone up over 500,000 times um, it was from our live show in Ennis um, our best live show probably of the year we packed out the hotel I can't remember the name of it but this is when Ger Nan met Ger Nan. so enjoy and we'll talk to you in the new year Sorry, I'm late. Chair. Daddy, I'm late, eh? Turn my chair. <laughs> here, is, is there a chair, Daphne? Is there a chair? Chairs, you wouldn't have room to turn the sweet in your mouth here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> hold on, eh? 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 Chair, it's uh, great to have you here. Um, yeah, listen, enough of the pleasantries now, Colin. Just get this over. Right? <laughs> I shouldn't even be here tonight. I should be out hunting or something like that. You know what I mean? That's what I like to do. Is it, Chair? Because every, everybody thinks that uh, hurling's your first love, but it's actually hunting, is it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, a lot of people do say, what do you love about hurling, they say? Or what do you love about hunting, they say? Huh? Is, it, is it the fresh air? Is it the great outdoors? Is it the trill? No. I just love killing things. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. Chair, enough, enough of that. Uh, let's talk hurling. Can Claire win at the weekend? Well, I don't say this a whole lot, you know what I mean? But I have to say, this Claire team is absolutely <coughs> useless, right? <laughs> they, they've got no guts, no guile, no nothing. Do you know what they They've no jollock man. Do you know what I mean? I tell you... It's yes. yourself now. Don't get out of the now. When I played for Claire, right? <laughs> Jesus, I tell you, I always put my body on the line. I mean, I broke more bones, arms, legs, noses. How could I even injure myself once or twice? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I tell you one thing now, Woolly, right? As, as bad and all as Claire are, <clears throat> we have enough to beat that goodly show on Saturday, I tell you that. <laughs> well, speaking of Galway, right, so you obviously have your history with, with, with them, with the two lads here on stage with you. What's your opinion of them now? <clears throat> I've seen more brains in blow-up dolls, I have to say that. <laughs> now, let, let me tell you, right? Uh, I... I, I <laughs> I never should have went to Galway, right? The biggest crowd at sissies you'll ever come across, right? You know, what happens in the dressing room, right, stays in the dressing room, right? Not in Galway. You'd, you'd hear all these stories back that night, I'd be telling the girlfriends, oh, Lachnan said this to me. Oh, Lachnan did that to me. Oh, Lachnan bet the shit on me a train. Right? Now, did I make mistakes? I did, absolutely. Remember, remember the soundtrack I trained you on there for three months? You remember that? Now, that was a mistake. I never should have trained them on that. Should that was a soundtrack for training horses. I tried a team of fucking donkeys, didn't I? Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, right, OK. Come here, actually. <laughs> Is it true you bought a car off Damien there recently? <laughs> well, I did. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I did. There was a car there. I seen on Dundee. I rang it. It was Damien. He says, oh, it's seven grand, he says. I'll give it to you for 10 cash, he says, right? <laughs> so it was a bag, and he says, just that cow, he says, it'll go zero to 70 in five seconds. It would zero to 70 miles an hour. That fucking cow wouldn't go 70 miles an hour if you push it off a cliff, Damien, right? <laughs> eh? Typical Damien, I tell you, like, I managed Damien there for two, two years. You know Jack Russell, right? Then when you come home after about eight hours, and Jack Russell is like that, right? That's the way you be when you arrive after training with Damien. Full of energy, enthusiasm, jizz, the whole art. Unfortunately, he was just fucking brutal at all links, you know what I mean? <laughs> not, not Damien. Everyone's entitled to a bad game. <laughs> but you abused that privilege now for many years you did, you know what I mean? I have to say that. Right, well, to finish up, Chair, uh, uh, the, the two Galway lads reckon you were a bit unfair on them, you know, when you, when you left them as manager. What, what do you say to that? Me? <laughs> if anything, Colin, I thought I was too soft. Eh? <clears throat> I tell you now, I say, you say what you want, right? But I tell you, when I managed... Clear and Galway, right? I always gave 150%, right? Always gave everything to the cost. My record speaks for itself as the manager, right? I led the banner to two All-Irelands. And I led Galway to two wins in the qualifiers. And say what you like about Joe then, right? I was always very, very fair. Uh-huh. I treated everyone the exact same. Like total shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, anyway, lads, I'm off, right? I leave it to my apprentice here, right? I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and. Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.